Welcome to Knives Out Minute. I'm your host for this week, Ryan Murphy, and joining me is my guest for this week, Drew Stewart. This is minute number 69, and today we'll be covering from 1 hour and 8 minutes, 0 seconds, to 1 hour, 8 minutes, 59 seconds. Uh, our minute starts with uh, Alan continuing, uh, explaining why he wishes the family to be in town and in one place for the will reading. And it ends with Alan reading the note that Harlan has left for uh, his children, ending with the words, quite the opposite. Uh, and we cut that off and we'll we'll get to finishing the note in the next minute. So, yeah, general thoughts on this minute. It's uh, this is another good minute. It's got some uh, some solid bits mm-hmm. um, like it's 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 probably the most comedic minute minute that we have uh in this in this this week block this this minute is a deliberate mystery on the family and and i think that's gonna be worth talking about yeah so we start off uh explaining that you know harlan has changed his will a week before he died uh he's sealed it and asked uh his attorney not to submit it to the courts for probate uh until he had died and then uh notes that you know in case there's any confusion we're all together we can talk about it which i don't know if just judging on the previous scenes and how like ransom showing up impacted everyone Mm -hmm. i don't know that we can talk we're all together is something that would go as smoothly even in the best case scenario as as Frank Oz's uh, Alan <laughs> thinks it will. That's that's very true. I didn't think about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like listen. I mean, the, the, look, if it, we could be totally confusion. chill about all this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. You know, it's have you have you seen the people you're talking to? Uh, so one thing that um, does happen as he's attempting to read the will, um, he, Alan's not quite keeping up with the bullet points i am not what, what are your thoughts he, on how he reads the will it's he's not really, he's not reading the will he's just listing the assets which is interesting right so right, he yeah. reads three separate pieces of paper in this in these five minutes right and then the first one just lists the assets and he either is not going fast enough for the assistant or or the assistant knows that he's gonna like lose his place and and i think yeah. that that does uh him losing his place is it might be a running joke it may happen in the next minute uh yeah. but I, I i i thought it was funny that like after the first one it's like okay he's not you know and then the second one was funny and in the script there's a third one where he doesn't remember the name or or stumbles over the name of the publishing company and i'm yeah. kind of glad that they cut that out because it it, it would push the line from he's not going fast enough for the for the assistant to he's incompetent 
And right, that's not yeah. something that we we need from his character at this point. We need him to be the voice of reason in in a house of madness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it seems to me like it's either it could be that the the font is like not readable. Uh, it it seems to me, and this might be you know basing this on the continuation of this scene. Uh, he seems like a guy who, despite being, uh, you know, the attorney that's handling this, um, he seems like someone who likes to skim. Yes. <laughs> it seems like he's just like, oh yeah, list of assets. It's, uh, and the assistant having to come in and be like the house, <laughs> 60 million. Um, publisher so company. I, yeah, I, I yeah, I'd be interested to know more about this character, like his his backstory with Harlan. Like, are they are they friends? Where, you know, it's like, oh, I have a friend that's an attorney. You know, I'll I'll yeah. you know I'll let him handle my will stuff, uh, which is how I imagine things are going. Like maybe he's yeah, I mean, quasi retired. We... Yeah, we do establish uh, in our last minute that everyone wants to be friends with Frank Oz, <laughs> so I think that follows. I think right. That, that's uh, so as he's going through the assets listed in the will. Uh, after he lists them, we we do see uh, the camera cut to different members of the family. When he mentions the house, we go to Linda and Richard. When we when he mentions the sixty million. Uh, we get Joni and Meg, and then when uh, he mentions the publishing company, we head over to Walt's family. What is your opinion of all of that? It, I, I, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely helping you reiterate what the family is expecting. Like, right? They're not fighting over parts of the will. Like, it's not like the, well, I want the publishing company kind of thing. Like, they each specifically have a piece of the of, of an asset that they mm-hmm. want and are expecting. So it, it's just reiterating that fact that 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 Joni needs the money and that, that right. the other people want the house and that Walt wants the publishing company. And, yeah. like, so it's, it, it's setting you up for who's going to be disappointed. Right. And and normally it would be some you know one of the people's going to be disappointed. Like Ransom's not going to get anything. He's specifically denied access to whatever, uh, which is right. which is what they're leading toward. Um, it's just it's just a clever movie making trick to remind you that that the family is united on how they think that the assets should be split. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not concerned. I mean they. They're sitting there being like, okay, well, yeah, all right, he changed his will. But they all still have a very clear understanding of at least what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean, and it also calls back to uh, in setting up uh, why Blanc might think of these people as suspects. Uh, it does relate back to the... Uh, what Lieutenant Elliot calls weak sauce alibi or weak sauce <laughs> motives uh, that, you know, Walt's concerned about the publishing company. Joni is that's a purely financial thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's a really good uh, sort of technique to to remind the audience, this is where we are, this is what everyone cares about, and this is what they all expect. And yeah, there's not, you don't really get a sense of division amongst the family uh, as this is being read out. Yeah, the, 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 the wild card through this movie so far is Ransom. And yeah, uh, we get some good shots of him uh, mm-hmm. in this, some good close-ups as they're reading the will, and he's just like, because he knows he's not part of it, right? Uh, like, we just get some great shots of Chris Evans and that sweater. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he he I'll he knows it. that he's not impacted by, you know, I already know I'm out of it, so he's just watching this kind of. I I feel like that helps to accomplish what the movie is trying to accomplish with ransom. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, he's, he's clearly antagonistic to the family, but we're also, I think at this point, even now, (laughs) a lot of the family, we, you know, the audience isn't going to be rooting for. (laughs) So it does kind of put him more into the, the position that, you know, of an observer of an audience member, uh, which, you know, will become relevant very soon. Yeah. Uh, uh, how he interacts with the family and how the audience views his character. I, I think that's interesting. And I, I don't know that we should get into it much more than that. Uh, just to avoid any spoilers for later in the movie. Yeah. And not this minute, at least. Yes. Yes. Not this minute. Uh, so we, we continue on after all of the assets are listed off. Uh, Alan goes into a statement uh, that uh, Harlan has requested be read before uh, the uh, will is actually read. Uh, So he begins, dearest Linda, Walter and Joni um, notes that, you know, you may be surprised by the choice here. No pleasure was taken in the exclusion and the purpose is not to sow greater discord in the family, but quite the opposite. What do you think of this statement from Harlan? What I like is how vague it is. I feel mm-hmm. like this is this this plays into what I talked about a couple of days ago about how um I feel like maybe the kids never read Harlan's novels. So mm-hmm. I feel like maybe this is one last like you can't avoid reading this novel and here's the mystery. <laughs> right. Like he he's being very vague about not wanting to sow discord in the family and mm-hmm. spoilers for the next minute, but like it's, it's a big twist and that the nobody could have expected. And it's definitely a, a mystery writer's way of, cause he can't really do it in the will. Right. So, you know, he can't make jokes in the will, but I feel like this is one last knife in, in this, you know, twisting the knife into yeah. the family, uh, and it, it's definitely a mystery writer kind of thing to do. Yeah, it's a very... It's Harlan continuing to be very dramatic. Uh, it's definitely a... I, I feel like even if this, uh, you know, regardless of how this is happening, uh, he's he's making a point that this is going to be a very dramatic will reading, which, which I feel like fits with Harlan's character. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, even, you know, earlier in the movie when we're still 
not quite sure about what happened. Um, I believe Blanc notes to uh, when, when they're discussing whether this was a homicide or a suicide, uh, Blanc brings up the method, which is, uh, which is noted by Elliot. Like, yeah, that's dramatic, but also look at the house we're in. This is a dramatic <laughs> person. <laughs> like, I, I feel like, yeah, the, the, decision to have this note uh and to have it be vague until the moment uh, the will is read that seems very much like something harlan would do he he wants the audience to be guessing until the last minute and even if that audience is just his family and the mystery Mm -hmm. is what happens to his legacy like it's it's just great for that character and i love how much of a character he is so long after his death at the beginning of the movie yeah like he's still around and he's still like messing with people and being this like fully fleshed character in every statement that somebody reads or references about him yeah and that's you know something that i think we uh we definitely get a sense of just uh i believe it was it, it occurred in the last minute but we keep having the repeated returns to the portrait of harlan sort of overseeing uh uh what we're dealing with here it's it just i don't know the, the way we keep returning to that painting mm-hmm. it it really like he despite you know being dead for the entirety of this movie uh well i mean the timeline that we're covering uh he does continue to be a character throughout and i think this is another great example of that mm-hmm so uh yeah uh is there anything else you'd like to uh go over for minute uh 69 here no i'm 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 too excited to go on to the next minute where this dramatic Uh, reveals happen yes uh so uh today we have uh another daily question uh which is how do you feel about ryan johnson's films uh were, were you a fan of ryan johnson's work prior to knives out uh yeah so i was i i I went through i keep everything updated on letterboxd like Mm. where when i've seen a movie so i was like i obviously you know i watched britkin looper and i obviously watched those in preparation for him you know as soon as he was announced for for star wars episode eight right but that wasn't the case Mm -hmm. i watched them a year before it was even rumored so now that i think about it it's because looper seemed so interesting that i watched brick in preparation to watch looper which is (laughs) which is just wild to me looking back on that but Mm -hmm. um my wife is a a joseph gordon levitt fan so i was just like it's bruce willis and joseph gordon levitt and this guy who did this other movie with joseph gordon levitt we should watch that too and you know it's about time travel and we should watch it because I, I love time travel and so mm-hmm. we watched brick and brick i wasn't i wasn't super into and okay. i think that's because it was playing with noir tropes that i was completely unfamiliar with sure and so then we watched looper which i really enjoyed because it was taking time travel tropes and like twisting them in in a right. way that i could appreciate and because it was a genre I was familiar with, I was able to appreciate it. And then a yeah. year later, he was announced for Star Wars. And I was like, this is going to be interesting. What mm-hmm. is he going to do? And like, 
I, I was just in the theater in shock about how <laughs> much uh, for episode eight about yeah. how much Ryan was unafraid to play with the genre tropes of science fiction, Star Wars yeah. and, and movies in general. Like, mm-hmm. like every decision in that movie is the opposite of what you would expect. But if you, I'm sure a lot of people would be completely happy if, you know, Ray went to the island, went to space Ireland and, sure. you know, Luke was like, well, all right, let's go. I've just been hiding here for no reason. Like logically, yeah. none of what last Jedi haters want makes any sense. But like, <laughs> I didn't expect him to be, you know, completely, you know, like the Jedi were wrong. He's absolutely right. The Jedi were wrong and terrible. And, mm-hmm. you know, the decision to not, you know, uh, 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 have attachments led to their downfall. And right. he's right that the Jedi order should die. And it makes no sense that, that the, the next movie is all about, you know, Oh, we got to restore the Jedi <laughs> order. And this does make sense. Yeah. The idea is that the, that that was the point of the prequels where you're not paying attention. Um, <laughs> But this yeah. isn't a J.J. Abrams question. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, Monday, this uh, the way that The Last Jedi just struck me and how he was unafraid to play with 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 just movie tropes about what you would expect to happen in right. a movie. Uh, I was really excited to see what he could do for a murder mystery. Again, another genre that I'm unfamiliar with in 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 the for the most part. But uh, it, it was really exciting for me to to get to this movie to see what he would do with it. And that makes yeah. me like they, they keep saying that, that Ryan Johnson's going to get his own trilogy of Star Wars movies. And I'm all about that. I'm interested to see what else he can do with it. But I think that it's more important that we just give him other genres. Just let's yeah. let's let's give him whatever movie he thinks that he can have like like a racing movie or a sports movie like what can he do that we can't imagine it like we just can't imagine what he would do with the tropes of whatever movie it is a kid's movie like just give him anything let him do whatever he thinks he can have fun with and i i think he's (laughs) earned that like sure yeah let's do another knives out let you know that that he had fun doing that you know bring more famous actors in to do to do fun stuff but like mm-hmm. i'm really interested to see what else he can do with tropes just all these different genres just throw them all at him and, and let's see what he can do with them. <laughs> absolutely i i yeah i i thoroughly agree uh i mean i i i find it interesting that um that the familiarity with the tropes really aided in sort of understanding or or the enjoyment of uh movies like looper or the last jedi um because brick is definitely a like i remember i remember seeing that and i liked it but i also i don't know that i knew entirely like i i knew of film noir but i'm not steeped in it Mm -hmm. so i i agree with like the uh you know I, I feel like knowing more about Noir, knowing what he's playing with and what he's changing, uh, I, I'd be interested to watch a lot more Noir and then go back to Brick. 
Um, I, I completely agree with, uh, yeah, your, your sort of characterization of what would be interesting to see in him trying to do something with a genre that he hasn't tackled yet. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that he did for last Jedi, I know we, we, we alluded to, uh, that being controversial, at least on the internet. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that a lot of what happens there, we're seeing not only, you know, in terms of just like a sort of re-examination of space opera tropes, but it, Star Wars in particular, the way that, you know, in most other contexts, I like I understand why people are upset about, you know, Poe not being listened to. But the decision to say, no, Poe is kind of wrong here and he got a bunch of things blown up and the plot starts to change once he does acquire information and passes it on. And that's how uh, the movie continues. I, I think that's really interesting. And I think watching this, like I, I they've announced Knives Out too. I'm very interested to see how that goes, but I, I agree. I think it'd be interesting to see just like send Ryan Johnson at a genre and see what he does with it. Yeah. Uh, and all right. He does yeah. follow my uh, Star Wars account on Twitter. So I feel like I could oh. like, reach out to him and be like, hey, Ryan, can we be friends? Tell me what you do with a yeah. sports movie. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Is there. Uh, Anything else we want to discuss uh, prior to heading on to uh, tomorrow's minute? Uh, no, I think we've uh, we've got this minute down. Okay. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug? I will plug my Star Wars account, followed by Ryan Johnson. It's uh, Star <laughs> Wars go. VizComp, and uh, you can find uh, all those kind of links on StarWarsVizComp.com including a link to my article that I wrote for Wired, where I wrote for 20 pages about how uh, most of the changes to these special editions were made for research for the prequels mm -hmm. and how they should not be the final version that... I mean, they could be a version. I'm not completely against the special edition. I'm just against the idea that it's the only version. Right. Yeah, that we don't have access to the original. Yeah, those original yeah. artists can't point to, you know, the movies and say, I finished that shot. Nope, John Knoll can mm. say he finished that shot on his Mac, you know, because he was just trying to figure <laughs> out how to cheaply do space shots so that they could save money on, on Phantom Menace. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you once again for joining me uh, on the podcast today, Drew. And uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you'd like to follow Knives Out Minute at Knives Out Minute on Twitter, uh, if you can rate and review on your podcatcher of choice, we would appreciate that. And we'll be back tomorrow. 